Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with my sidekick co-host, Tom Dorian. Tom, you doing all right? I'm well, and you? I'm doing fantastic. It's buzzing today, have you noticed? Oh, no, there's all kinds of activity I'm here. I'm telling you. You know what? And you never know who's going to drop into the Catholic I, Cafe. I think that's the reason why it's buzzing. Yeah, well, I, I you know, we were just we were just sitting here, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, a, a bishop comes Wham. in. Wham. There yeah, you go. Yeah, he's got a, a chocolate donut with sprinkles. Good stuff. That's right. And a cappuccino. And he was looking for a place to sit. And we have plenty of room here uh, at the luxurious corner booth. How are we? Yeah, we have uh, Bishop Ronald Gaynor. <laughs> Don't tell my doctor what I'm eating. <laughs> <laughs> there are actually no calories, no oh. sugar, no carbohydrates, nothing in these donuts. Hey. Because you know the donut has a hole in it, and all that bad stuff is in the hole. In the we hole. cut that out. We cut that out. So don't get the donut holes. They are filled with bad stuff. That's great. I never knew this. That's a great. Well, Bishop Gaynor uh, is, the, is the bishop of the Diocese of Lexington. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, Bishop, we are honored and privileged to have you here to join us in the luxurious corner booth. Well, I'm Catholic delighted Catholic. to be with you, Deacon Jeff and Tom. Thank, Thank you. Thanks for the invitation. We thought this would be a good opportunity. Uh, you know, as a, as a bishop... You know, I think I've spoken to you once before, and I, when I, one of the things I said to you, you might not remember this, but I talked about, you know, it's kind of, I imagine it's tough being a bishop these days. Uh, yes. Yeah. I'm not all, sure it was ever easy, though. The, the, well, the, the early ones were all martyred, remember? Well, but we're on that path again, by <laughs> yeah. the way, just so you know. We could be. Uh, well, let's hope not. But, uh, you know, one of the things about a bishop, as we see, is, uh, you know, the, the outward signs of the bishop, right? As you walk through life, you're wearing a certain kind of garb. you got that pectoral cross, right? Mm-hmm. And so people see... You as a bishop, and I was I was thinking about that and thinking, well, as Catholics, we're all called to sort of walk around and be seen as Catholics. So I want to talk a little bit, maybe do a show about Catholic identity mm-hmm. and the importance mm-hmm. of Catholic identity, especially in this in this day and age. Sure. And you know, the difficulty though is, I think a lot of people don't even know what Catholic identity is, right? Surely. If you were to, someone to ask you, what is Catholic identity anyway? What, what would that Surely. mean to you? Well, to, to me, it's someone who has, whose life has been changed by their encounter with Jesus Christ in the Catholic Church, you know, mm-hmm. through, through the sacraments, through our participation in the Eucharist, certainly beginning with baptism, where we, we, we become one with the, the, the death and the resurrection of, of Jesus in the Paschal Mystery. But the, it makes a real effect in our lives, and it affects all of our lives. It, it, it's not just a Sunday morning or Saturday evening. Uh, it's it's uh, evident about us. It's, it's a, an intentional uh, part of our lives in all of our life. And I think that's, at least to me, sums up what Catholic identity is. Don't you see, though, that there's a challenge to that, to, to living that? Because you, you, you said it a little bit, you know, it's not just on Sundays. But so often we have that challenge of, of you know, well, we're Catholic on Sundays, right? We receive our catechesis for 10 minutes on Sundays. That mm-hmm. we're, we, we sort of compartmentalize our Catholicism, right? We do. And so yeah. often all of the issues, all, of the, all the challenges to our faith, all the challenges to living that love of Jesus that you describe really come at us outside of that church building. Absolutely. Don't they? And so That's let's right. talk about that. Where of course, else? the Mass always ends not just with our leaving, but we're sent out. You know, we're, we're dismissed uh, at the end of Mass to take this truth uh, and, and this, this real presence of Jesus that we've experienced in his living word and, and the food and drink we've had in his body and blood and bring that to the world. Right. And I love being a That's deacon because I get to say, Et misa yeah. est, or, uh, you know, go in peace. And yes. it's like that, that mission of sending because right. Mass is a mission. Right. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's and 
I love that one of the new uh, that the deacon usually says is that go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. I, mm-hmm. I think that's a good summation too of Catholic identity. That does my life in every aspect give glory mm-hmm. to God, to, that's to right. Jesus so Christ. Essentially, it's it's truly this concept of living your faith. It is right, yeah. not just identifying yourself by wearing a hat that says I'm Catholic. Truly, uh, it's more than that. In fact, being a bishop is more than wearing a pectoral cross, right? Sure. It's, it's, there's much more because obviously in your life. You, you have to exude the qualities of bishop sure. to be the best bishop that you know how to sure. be. In well, all of our relationships, you know, and with, with my staff, with uh, my priests in a particular way, with, with all of the people in the diocese, it's, it's, it's the quality of my relationship that bespeaks my love uh, and, and my surrender, as it were, to, to the will of God and, and, and my relationship, uh, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, for those people who are wondering, well, wait a second, um, I, I, I go to Mass, I've, I've, got my, I've checked off all the, the sacramental boxes appropriately, right? And what more is there? Where, where else am I supposed to be Catholic? How am I supposed to live my faith? Give some examples of what a person might in their daily life do or be outside of Mass mm-hmm. to be Catholic. Well, certainly, let's begin with the most fundamental building block of a family, which is marriage. And, of course, the sacrament of marriage has made Christ the bond between the spouse houses and to, to remember that and to be intentional about about that how, how do we treat one another within our marriage mm. you know what kind of respect and love do I you, you, we made that pledge on the day of a wedding with the, with wedding vows uh, but but how do I incarnate that I do uh, in in every uh, day of our married life and then that extends of course to to the uh, the incarnation of spousal love which are the children Right, uh, and so that—that's. I think that's the most fundamental place. But then it, it, it goes beyond home to uh, work, uh, and what, what, how, how well do I live gospel values and, and give evidence of of uh, Christ's presence in in the way I um, relate with and do my daily whatever my occupation might be. I've heard so many great stories from you know anecdotally from from folks that I'm talking to, guys that are that you know in Garcia reunion groups or in some kind of men's accountability group. Where they're talking about, well, they were, they were doing something in at work, and some guy came up to him and said, hey, I didn't know you were Catholic, or mm-hmm. I saw you doing the sign of the cross at lunch. You know, something as simple as sure. that. And it's amazing the stories they tell me about how people may reawaken in their faith and, and have sort of a renewed experience of Christ in their lives just because of that, that simple action or that opportunity at work. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's yeah. so powerful. Right. Now, you were speaking about marriage before that, and I guess we should talk a little bit about that, how important marriage is. Uh, and, and maintaining a certain uh, teaching and understanding about marriage because we have a lot of challenges out there in the world. We certainly do. Right certainly now, do especially. This, this, redef- this entire redefinition of, of the institution of marriage um, is, is a great threat. Uh, and, uh, um, well, I think the church is trying very, very hard to call people to, the, to, to understand that the nature of, of marriage and its purpose as it has been for thousands of years in the human mm-hmm. family. But all of a sudden, there's a certain agenda that is uh, forcing uh, a new, under- a different and, and truly a distorted uh, vision of uh, marriage and, and married life. But this, of course, is done in, I mean, it's in love, right? It's, we're doing this because we love people, not because we hate or... Right, because you, you hear the Catholic Church so often accused of being a, a hate monger or whatever. Homophobes. Or, or whatever, yes, exactly. all these different right. phrases. Right, right, right. But, but, but true, I mean, we need to stand up for the truth. It, 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 there's no love in letting people uh, be misinformed or ex- embrace a lie. And uh, the truth is that uh, we didn't invent marriage. We, you know, we, scripturally, God gave us the gift. He, God gave Adam and Eve to one another. And so it's an institution which, which is God's gift to humanity, not something that we invented. 
and therefore it's not within our power to redefine or recreate it. And there's a, a difference between um, having a civil union even, and then Pope Francis basically has said that, um, uh, and, and calling that uh, relationship between same-sex couples a marriage. Right. It simply isn't. Yeah. And so, and, 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 you know, and folks need to understand, I think, where you were going at the very beginning of uh, when you mentioned marriage, just how important it is for kids to be raised in a, in a, in a home, I love it, with, with two parents that are married to each other that have that same, um, you know, forever commitment to Surely. each other that, that God had that same forever covenantal relationship with his people, with his church. Surely. Surely. Right. And that's important for kids to be raised in that environment to see that. Right. And I think one of the things we're not going to see covered very much in, in the uh, media uh, are some now longitudinal studies where we've had um, same-sex couples raising children. And, and I think there are some, some very clear studies done now that this is not uh, pr- proving to be a very fruitful, uh, balanced life for the children who, who are raised in, in that environment. We're not going to see that, but but there are studies out there that are actually demonstrating that. that right. You know, the, the, the natural family of a, a mother and a father uh, give uh, the, the, the launching pad, as it were, for a, a balanced, healthy, wholesome life. And then we also have... Um, so many other issues out there. We have the the, the, the church's teaching on contraception. Uh, you know that, that marriage, um, you know, is the only uh, rightful place for uh, you know sexual union uh, uh, exactly. between these loving spouses right. and, and and things like abortion and all these things that the sure. church fearlessly stands up and Surely. Right. proclaims. And I've dropped some jaws uh, 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 when I've said this publicly in some talks that I've, I've given uh, inside and outside the diocese. But the, the, the truth is, uh, once we, in a contraceptive culture, uh, take away procreation from marriage, uh, we have little argument to say why uh, same-sex marriage isn't uh, okay. You know? Because uh, decades ago, a lot of, a lot of Catholics... F- Swallow the Kool-Aid, right. and and we're willing to accept the idea that procreation can be separated from the marital union at will. Mm-hmm. And if that's true, well, then we have no place to stand to oppose same-sex marriage because people say, well, it's not procreated. Well, many people don't believe marriage has to be procreative to begin with. So well, it, 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 it is one piece. It's one truth. I have to admit that when I'm teaching the RCIA class and when we get to the point where we're talking about the difficult moral issues that encompass all of these aspects and, and it, I draw those two circles, the unitive and procreative, and show where they meet and say this is where, uh, this is where life is here in this middle part where they meet together. That, it's, a, it's quite an interesting reaction that most people have because though, that, the union of those unitive and procreative circles, right, it's, is, it's so countercultural. That it's it's gotten so foreign to so many people because everyone thinks you know with this uh, you know culture of uh, just do it or have it your way and mm-hmm. all these different ad slogans right. that feed into that right. it really is destroying uh, our families and destroying our, our children and Absolutely. destroying our very human future. Isn't Absolutely. It? So several years ago in the Diocese of Lexington we instituted a new marriage preparation program and and these points are are driven home very clearly. And, and I think very effectively in our teaching in, in marriage prep now in the diocese. And it's amazing in, in the, the um, evaluation sheets. Uh, and some will say, I'm a graduate of 12 years of grade school, high school, and four years of Catholic college. I've never heard this. Yeah. I have never heard this procreative and um, 
uh, unitive uh, aspects of, of marriage have done, never, ever, ever before. So it, we, we, we have a lot of work to do in terms of our catechesis. Well, and, it's and never too late. No, it isn't. It <laughs> it's isn't. never too late. Right. I'm glad you're hearing it now, and I hope you'll embrace it. Very good. Well, we have more to talk about here on Catholic Identity with Bishop Gaynor. We'll be back in just a minute. Before we do, I want to remind everyone at home, we have a great website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love for you to send me an email. Uh, send it to Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. The world has long wrestled with belief in God, belief in a supreme and loving creator who transcends all things, all spaces, and all time. And countless words of wisdom have been written through the ages by Catholic and non-Catholic thinkers alike about the meaning, importance, and construct of faith. American writer and poet Elizabeth York Case writes, There is no unbelief. Whoever plants a seed beneath the sod and waits to see it push away the clod, he trusts in God. St. Thomas Aquinas, doctor of the church, writes, To one who has faith, no explanation is necessary. To one without faith, no explanation is possible. If a man wishes to be sure of the road he treads on, St. John of the Cross tells us, he must close his eyes and walk in the dark. Faith, says Helen Keller, is the strength by which a shattered world shall emerge into the light. First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt writes, He who loses money loses much. He who loses a friend loses much more. He who loses faith loses all. St. Augustine, early father of the church, reminds us, Faith is to believe what you do not see. The reward of this faith is to see what you believe. In St. Matthew's Gospel, Jesus himself speaks of the great power and promise of this gift of faith. He tells us, For truly I say to you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. As defined in our Sunday Visitor's Catholic Dictionary, faith is the first of the theological virtues. Together with hope and love, faith brings about the life of sanctifying grace in the human person. Faith is truly a gift from God. We cannot manufacture it or create it out of nothing. It is not a faucet that we can turn on or off. No, it is indeed a beautiful and precious gift given out of love to each of us from God. And by definition, because it is a gift, it must be received. And once received, it must be nurtured, tended, cared for, cultivated, and developed. Faith must be lived or it will die. It is only in living a life of faith that we are truly alive. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting here with... Tom Dorian, and we're also talking to Bishop Gaynor, the Bishop of the Diocese of Lexington in Kentucky. Uh, Bishop Gaynor, we were just talking about all of these uh, terrible things going on in the world, you know, and, and all of these challenges to our Catholic identity. 
let's just assume that all of our listeners agree with all those challenges and we start thinking, well, what's next? How do we combat this? I'm just little old me, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I'm not sure I can fix anything or change anything. How, how does one go about addressing some of these issues? Because a lot of people feel very underprepared to have that debate or that conversation about whether it's same-sex unions or marriages or whatever you want to call sure. them. Yeah. Well, I think, first of all, uh, heed he, the uh, New Testament uh, commandment, do not be afraid. Yeah. Uh, our Holy Father, Pope Francis, uh, just in World Youth Day, uh, I think it was in his uh, address to the bishops of Ceylon, the, the uh, uh, Central and South American Bishops Conference, um, said, you know, the apostles made lots of mistakes. Don't you be afraid to make mistakes. <laughs> Talking to bishops. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, uh, uh, so... Uh, I think fear and not knowing exactly what to say or how to respond to things or uh, uh, causes people just to to privatize uh, their religion. And um, we we were never meant to be uh, lone rangers here. Jesus called us together and we are church. So so things that we need to do, certainly I, I think it begins with our own prayer life. I, right. I, I think we, we need to uh, set aside time to spend with the Lord. And, and I used to think when I remember as a seminarian um, that uh, prayers were just special kind of people. But I, I've come to understand that every person is a special kind of prayer. You know, there's no one form that fits each of us, how, how, we, how we enter into that communion with, with God and uh, speak, open our hearts, lift up our minds and hearts to him in prayer. But when we find the, the, our right niche, our, our, our right method, uh, to be sure that we're spending a certain amount of time every day in prayer. And then within families, uh, marriage and family, I think, to pray together. Uh, you know, maybe read a small scripture, look at look at the gospel of the day for the mass or something, and, well, you're and just spend a couple minutes. No, I don't <laughs> think any of this is going to work. I mean, because, you know, no? No, see, because here you are, you're the bishop. It's your job, right? You're, 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 you're supposed to pray every day, right? You have all this time. You have hours and hours to with nothing to do, right? Well. Yeah, okay, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. But, you know, a lot of people, they're so in, in involved in the world. There's so much. And finding the time to pray is sometimes a challenge for people. Well, it sure is. It sure is. And that, and, and therefore, we have to be very intentional to, to, to carve out some time because it is essential. It's, it, I, I think it's the sine qua non of, uh, of our relationship with the Lord. Um, yeah, and, and that and intentionality, I think, is actually, that's the first step, right? I sure, mean, that's sure it is. Sure. Just well, it's I the desire. You know, I think if you desire to do something, you'll, you'll make time for it. And, and I think uh, a lot of times you have someone who, I was a, a person's confessor, and, and she said, you know, I don't, I don't think I have the desire to change this. And that's where it begins. I think mean, it's, it's a pretty ignatian uh, uh, that we have the, to, so I, I have to ask, look in the mirror and say, do I honestly desire to spend 10 minutes with the Lord. Um, And and then maybe, and and I know family time, uh, and and let's say even meals are getting to be rare sometimes with with families. It's hard to get get everybody together. But but on those occasions when they are, maybe rather than just saying grace, which is wonderful, and at least if you're not doing that, start saying grace. But at the same time, maybe uh, there you have a little scripture passage and and spend five minutes just sharing what does that mean to me. Well, that's going to need some desire too, Bishop. Because because, you're now you're... And food's getting cold. I'm going to give you this... Okay, all right, all right. So we need to have a desire to pray more, and that's good. I'm going to give you that one. But the second one you start talking about, like, well, we need to, we need to pray out loud with our families. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think the first time that I started doing that, and it's been a while, but uh, I had never done it before. And no. it, there was almost a sense of embarrassment, oh, right? A lot, of, a lot of guys have very difficulty. Awkward. It's very awkward. Because we're not used to doing it. Yeah. We've done some things with our diocesan staff and get people around tables and just, just uh, share faith for a few minutes. And, and at, at first, for the first five minutes, there's a lot of silence. Yeah. Uh, but, but when you break 
break that ice and you begin to understand and, and, and share that there, there's so much commonality and um, uh, and it, it just seems that that's important for adults to be able to do that and for families to be able to to be able to do that. What about in participation in the sacraments as a family and as an individual? How do the sacraments going to help us with our Catholic identity? A lot of people, you know, I, I find out later in life that the, I'm, I'm meeting and talking to these guys and doing a lunch and giving them a talk and find out that half of them, they never got confirmed. Right? And they're mm-hmm. thinking, you know, what's wrong with my life? Why am I having all these problems? And you're thinking, well, because you don't have the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit working mm-hmm. for you. Sure. You know, sure. and there's a, to be so a how fully does... initiated Catholic. Well, you know, what are the sacraments? What truly are encounters with the risen, living, present Jesus Christ? So, so in each of the sacraments, we have another aspect, like, kind of like a beautiful diamond with the different facets. Our sacraments um, give us uh, an encounter with, with various facets of, of our Savior. Um, in, in, in confession, you know, reconciliation, we, we, we meet the mercy uh, of Jesus and his unchanging love for us despite wherever we've been or what, what we've done. Um, and, and so in, in all of the sacraments, and certainly most especially in the participation in the Eucharist, mm. uh, where, where we en- not only encounter the risen Christ, but he comes within us uh, in the gifts of his body and blood. Uh, these, are, these are meant to be transformative for us. Mm. You know? and, and, and so it, it's our ongoing conversion is, is um, uh, moved in the right direction. It's, it's fortified by our sacramental life in the Catholic Church. And I think that is what really gives us our identity. Because we are transformed by those sacraments. I mean, they actually change us in a way that makes us, I mean, we now live as a Catholic. If we're understanding what we're doing and not just checking off exactly. sacramental and, boxes. And, and look at the New Testament. When, whenever Christ calls someone to himself, they're never the same. And, uh, and there are those he couldn't get to come to him. But, but when he calls someone to follow or when there's an encounter, that's, it's a li- it is a life-changing um, uh, uh, experience. Yeah, but and they all dropped everything, right? They, yeah, they did. Right, they dropped they everything did. and they followed him, and that's another example of like, wow, that's it's not always going to be easy, is it? No, it isn't, and it requires sacrifice. Yeah, yeah so it's yeah, countercultural it to be Catholic these days. I would say so. Yes, yeah, we, and it's and we've got so many threats too against our our freedom to uh, to to really be uh, as Pope Francis again called in World Youth Day missionary disciples. Um, and yet, within our, our cultural context today, there are there are um, a, a lot of obstacles, and I think we're seeing even from uh, the, um, governmental regulations and things uh, an impingement upon our yeah, ability to live. Yeah, we talk about that live. for a sec, because I think there's a lot of uh, average Catholics who don't realize the dilemma. And, and what really tells me that there's like a, a huge problem out there is when you get the Baptists on board and saying, uh, no, this is bad legislation because what this is going to do is we're not even Catholic. We don't even have a, we don't even care that much about contraception. But what's, what we do care about is our government saying that you can or can't or That's anything right. about religion. And That's a lot right. of people And the government that. actually defining what is church and who is, who's, who's a, right. a real church and, uh, um, and, and then placing the uh, restrictions which violate religious conscience. Um, and, and so uh, it, it is a very dangerous time, and it is disappointing to, not to see more people, to, to, to see f- so few really people of faith or other churches join us. There are there are those who are, right. uh, but we, we again try to stand up. And this is not just a Catholic issue. This this really is an issue of freedom of religion. It's mm-hmm. a First Amendment issue for it's 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 a it's a it's an issue of American citizens, uh, not so much just the church. Well, you know, and a lot of people will will wonder like, what are we what are we going to do about this, and how do we work? And I don't want to get into to politics and who to vote for and who not to vote for. We're not even talking about that. But we do want people to be informed about these issues and realize the import of 
of what of what really is happening here. Absolutely, and 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 so many times people are looking at issues and they don't see the consequences. In in, in itself, that sounds maybe perhaps like a good piece of legislation, but many times there are unintended consequences with it, which which again are, are very negative to the free practice of religion. And we have to be able to analyze uh, uh, the, those uh, with critical thinking, and that's another problem. I think so we haven't really been taught how how to analyze and and think critically on on things. Um, and, but we, we need to do that. And what about what about in this idea of Catholic identity and and, and educating our kids and, and picking the schools to go to and and what our kids are learning and because this is an important thing as a as a father of nine, uh, I, you know I recognize that you know what I tell them when they're kids is going to stick with them. Sure. Right. So as parents, we have to be aware that that how they're being educated, what's going on. So parents need to be informed in in that regard because our Catholic identity should should go into our schools as well. Not necessarily that we're if you're in public schools that you're going to that you're going to have it's going to be a catholic experience not necessarily but we need to be aware right. right of what and how they're teaching what they're teaching exactly right in the rite of baptism we say the parents are the first teachers of, of the children in the ways of faith may they be the best teachers so we we actually have that prayer at, at the baptismal um, celebration baptism celebration mm-hmm. um but our, our catholics so I, I can speak for the diocese of uh, lexington where we've been uh, very intentional in the last number of years to uh, to examine and to uh, create as uh, the strongest possible Catholic identity, and and, and that means uh, are we are we really um, a community of disciples, you know? um, and and that starts with the administration of the school through the faculty of the school and 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 the student body, um, uh, not just visible signs, uh, tangible signs of our Catholic faith, but the way in which uh, the entire school operates, and and uh, there is a Catholic way to teach math. There is a Catholic yeah. way to, to to teach science and uh, uh, even gym class. Uh, yeah, well, and, it, and it, who, it has to the, transfuse the, the whole thing. The author of all truth, if you're seeking truth, whether it's math truth or science right. truth or, or art truth, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly right. So that right. should all lead us to God. Well, that's right. that's very good. Now, obviously, our Catholic identity, if the sacraments are involved, right, if we are truly transformed, it's going to cause us to live a different way, isn't it? It's going to cause us to reach out to those, you know, the widows and orphans and to those who are seeking answers in life, those who are struggling. Those who are, whether it's financial or spiritual or whatever, it's going to cause us as Catholics to evangelize, to, to spread the gospel, isn't it? It is. It is. And and to show that concern for, for people in any need, whatever it might be, um, uh, is, is, is part and parcel of the gospel, too. Um, and that's one area. You know, this the litmus test that has come up with the Health and Human Services. One area where we shine is that we are non-discriminatory in those we serve. You know, we, uh, if we are able to help someone in need, we don't we don't ask, are you Catholic? Uh, but uh, the important thing is that we realize that uh, Jesus has sent us um, to heal the sick, to, to help the poor, to the, the widow and the orphan, as, as, as you mentioned. Uh, and, and so the church has to always be uh, vigilant uh, to attend to human need and then do whatever we can to address it. It's, it's just essential to being a, a disciple of Christ. Well, that's beautiful. So we've talked a lot about the Catholic identity here, and I hope that folks hearing this recognize what it is uh, to be Catholic, to live uh, as a Catholic, and how important Catholic identity truly is. Bishop Gaynor, thank you so much for joining us here. Oh, Deacon Jeff, it's been my pleasure, and Tom, it was great to be with you here in the cafe. Would you mind closing us in prayer? I'd be delighted. Gracious, loving Father, we praise you for your goodness and for the gift of faith you've given us. May your Holy Spirit descend upon us and upon our listeners and open the door of faith more widely to them, fill them with the gifts of the Spirit uh, that we might live more fully. 
as disciples of your Son, Jesus, who is Lord forever and ever. Amen. Amen. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit come upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.